I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing. I'm Andy White. I'm joined by Calvin Newman. Calvin, today we are talking about bringing personality to email, are we not? Yes, yes. I just wanted to... This is a presentation, actually, um, or a version of a presentation I gave recently at SES London, um, which is a search engine or, you know, broadly search engine marketing um, event. But what they've done interesting, which I think is a a good um, part of their program, is they had talks about other aspects of digital marketing. And I know that often on the show we talk specifically about SEO and social media and kind of content strategy and those types of things as well, but often uh, don't talk quite as much as we could do about some of the other disciplines of digital marketing. And I wanted to talk specifically about email marketing. Now, I mean, all of this is built upon um, the presumption, and you know, as many of you will know, I'm now kind of more heavily involved in the events side of the business. So we run a large series of events with Brighton SEO being the most popular, but also other events like the Content Marketing Show, um, um, Measure Fest, Biddable World, and we've got a couple of other ones coming up, like Affiliate Huddle and Completely Email. Um, and that business, that whole company, is built upon two channels. Um, and often we'll talk about kind of the importance of an integrated, holistic, um, you know, approach to digital marketing. Mm. Well, with that business, there's two channels. There's Twitter and there's email. Um, Twitter's hugely important. Um, the Brighton SEO events, the first of the events we organized, um, had a hashtag um, before it had a website. You know, the first two events we organized, we didn't even have a website. We didn't have a, a web presence beyond a hashtag. Um and email marketing. So what we do is we get people to sign up for the events um, or to sign up for our mailing list. Then we use that email list to promote um, those events. So Twitter and email are those which are most important. Um, now, I wanted to first of all cover off some fundamentals about email marketing, um, which we all know, but I think it's worth repeating. Now, you need to ask yourself, what motivates you to create an email? So what's the reason why you as an organization are sending out emails? Well, it's essentially two, if you imagine a Venn diagram of two circles and you need to be concentrating on the overlap between these Venn diagrams. So on the one hand, you've got what your customers want. Mm. So at all times when you're creating an email, you have to be asking, what is it that my customer wants from us? Um, And then the second part of that Venn diagram is what do you want to tell them? Mm. 
And your email marketing should really sit between those two bits, whether there is the overlap between those, whether there's an overlap between what your customers want and what you want to tell them. And I think the danger sometimes is with email marketing. It is very, very easy to concentrate on that what you want to tell your customers. Mm. So you do a newsletter that tells them about the news that you want to share with them, perhaps rather than necessarily answering the questions that they want to do. Um, but equally, every email needs to fulfill a business objective to you, right? You can't concentrate just on what your customers want. You need to kind of think about that overlap between the two. Now, we all know that. We all know that's what we ought to be doing. But it's very easy in the day-to-day nature of when we're working on digital marketing campaigns, particularly on email marketing, to get into a routine, right? So our newsletter goes out on the 27th of the month, right? And we need to send out our newsletter. And it's the 24th and we've not done enough. So we need to get working on that. So you're desperately looking for something to send out. And, you know, actually what you need to be concentrating on is, am I doing these two things? Am I sharing what I want to tell my customers, but at the same time, am I fulfilling what it is that they're looking for and the reason they signed up for the mailing list? Now, in today's podcast, I want to talk specifically about personality in email marketing. Um, You know, so if you imagine a kind of a virtual hands up moment now in the podcast, if you sat on the train or doing it on the gym, do put your hands up when I ask this question. who wants more email, right? I don't think there's anyone, <laughs> I there are no thousands hands. of listeners that will have put their hand up and said, do you know what I really would like more of in my life? I would like more emails. <laughs> um, now, there's a real sort of issue with email. Um, email, I think, is one of the most effective marketing channels out there. It, as I said, it is one of the two channels that built this business that I, I work for and concentrate on. Um, but there's a problem, right? So the problem is that supply of email is effectively infinite. Right. There is, you know, there's more emails out there than anyone could possibly need more emails up there than anyone could possibly want. Um, And there's a huge issue that demand doesn't necessarily equal supply. Right. You know, too much email is a genuine sort of like life crisis for people. Do you know what I mean? If you had to, you know, a lot of people, if you had to say, well, what's the things that bother you the most? Email would end up in there quite frequently. That's funny because I would be in that group. Yeah. And, you know, I I don't know anyone who says, do you know what? I wish I, I could spend more time of my day on email. You know, it just doesn't doesn't exist, does it? But people will say that, you know, people perhaps wouldn't say it in quite so explicitly, but people do, things like social media are seen as a leisure activity. People enjoy that. People don't necessarily enjoy email in quite the same way. Mm. Um, so I wanted to talk about an idea that I think is quite helpful when thinking about um, email marketing, and that's the gestalt effect, right? And the gestalt effect is that as creatures, we're kind of a pattern-spotting species, right? So we tend to look for patterns and look for things that, don't follow those patterns, right? That's kind mm. of very fundamentally inbuilt to how we think about things. And I think the problem a lot of people have with their emails is that they're very similar to the other emails that they get or very similar to the emails they get from other companies. So if you imagine everyone's email is quite similar, if you've got lots and lots of circles and one star, it's easier to remember the star, right? And I think this mm. applies to all kinds of marketing and advertising in general, that actually one of the best ways to be effective is by being different and standing out and being an exception to the rule because you're more likely to be remembered because it's very easy to be to remember the one unusual uh, mm. example rather than one of the hundreds of usual examples. Um, and personality, I think, is a great way of standing out, right? So there's essentially a couple of things that you can play with in your email marketing in order to get noticed Uh, Both of them can have personality. So you've got your design and you've got content, right? So how the email looks Mm. and what the email says. They're the two things that you've really got control over. Um, Now, personality is really genuinely quite good, but it's tricky, right? 
So you kind of go, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to talk predominantly about content here because I think that actually people often with email spend too much time worrying about the design when actually the context of how most people consume email is with the, the plain text version or with the mm. design turned off or, you know, with the images removed. Um, and, you know, there's a whole very um, sensible area of discussion and profession around email design. But I think actually people spend too much time worrying about how it looks rather than what it says. That's not to say that how it looks isn't important, but I think actually for most people, what it says is probably the opportunity that they've got to have the most impact. Um, And it's tricky to kind of go, okay, well, we need to get our personality across in our copy and in our design. How do we do that? Well, it can be very difficult to actually say, you know, if you ask someone, what's the personality of your company? That can actually be quite tricky a question to answer. And actually I find often it's easier to ask the question, well, what aren't you? Mm. Right. So I'm saying what, you know, what is it that's unique or what is special about you as a company? They're coming from the other angle. Yeah. So, yeah. so what's the, you know, it's, so it's easier to know what you aren't and it's often easier to define that than it is to define what you are. So how do we do that? Well, um, we've got a tone of voice document that we use and I think that's a good thing for anyone who's kind of uh, putting together email copy to have. And we kind of defined it into two categories, right? So we kind of say, here's what we are, which is the one, as I said, which is a little bit more difficult to define, but still important. But we start we're saying what we're not, right? So to use four of the kind of adjectives we use to describe what our emails aren't, that they're, they're not corporate, right? They're not obvious, and they're not serious, and they're not neutral, right? Mm. And then actually, if, so that's the first place to start. So try and think of some of those adjectives that describe what you're not, right? So what is it that your competitors do that you don't like? What is it that you do differently to them? So that alone is a really good thing to do as an exercise to improve all of your communications, all of your content online. And then what I then try to go, we've done that, we've defined what we're not. The next step is to define what you are. And I like to try to set them up in, in opposition, but not necessarily in obvious opposition. So, you know, to kind of use a spectrum, we say, okay, well, what's the opposite of corporate? It's non-corporate, right? Or non-serious. But we actually go, no, well, our opposite of corporate is inclusive. So we are inclusive, but not corporate. And they're not necessarily direct opposites there, but I think that kind of the distinction between the two is kind of important there. And actually, rather than being obvious and surprising, that's a little bit more of a conventional one is the opposite to the other. Yeah. Uh, so it's almost like you've got, you've got two vertical lists. You've got your list yeah. of what we're not, and then next yeah. to each one, yeah. a f- sort of the opposite. Yeah. But not so inclusive versus corporate or yeah. surprising versus obvious. And also kind of involved versus serious, right? Which again, they're not the opposites, but actually by looking at these two things in opposition to each other, I think that's a really interesting way of kind of rationalising this kind of intrinsic um, personality that we've got. It's a good way of thinking about it. And agile versus neutral are a couple of ones we go there. So we are Mm. inclusive, we're not corporate. We are surprising, we're not obvious. We are involved, we're not serious. We are agile, we're not neutral. Mm. And I think, don't always just kind of go with the opposite, you know, we're, we're not corporate rather than corporate, or we are corporate rather than relaxed. Try and think about unusual ways of putting things in opposition mm. um, because I think that's a good way of kind of thinking creatively about the problem that it is you're trying to solve. So that's a bit about kind of um, the process of how you rationalize that personality. But I want to give five general rules, which I think are helpful for anyone who's involved in email marketing. Now, the first of those is I think in most cases, um, almost always, um, it's better if the emails that you're sending, your email marketing comes from an individual rather than a company. Now, in many cases in social media, you often have these discussions. Should we have a company profile? Should we have a spokesperson and all of that type of thing? In social, it's far more likely that you'll end up going with the individual 
rather than the company profile. You still have a company profile, but perhaps you'll focus your attentions on the individual one. You don't get that discussion in email marketing, and I think you should. Right? I think it's far more likely. Pete, if you are, you know, if I had to ask you, Andy, the emails mm. that you get yeah. from a person, do you open? Do you read them? Do you reply to them? Yes, yes. I've, I've, I've got some opinions on yeah. who does it well. And I'll tell yeah. you about them in okay, a minute. That's cool. yes. That'd be a great one. Yeah. So, I think it's always better, if at all possible, if at all appropriate. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. To have an authored um email from a, so real it's human a direct being. person. Mm. And it doesn't always have to be that every single email was written by that person. Mm. But that person has been involved. So in our cases, you know, all the emails about our events come from Kelvin, right? From me. Mm. I don't write all of those emails. I do approve all of them. Mm. Um, but often there's kind of a team who'll collaborate and put together those emails. A Skippy who I work with who does quite a lot of them. And she's very good at kind of capturing this tone of voice that mm. we've done. But I think in most cases, it's always good to do that. Are you going to say about a particular example, Andy, of people well, who I think... think I mean, I, I've talked about this gentleman before, but I think Paul Colligan does email marketing really yeah. well. Now, Paul, have you heard, you've, you've heard of Paul Colligan, I, I don't think I have, actually. Okay. He's, he's, he's a guy in the States. He does particularly sort of content marketing okay. guru, if you like. Yeah. And he's got a, a particular way of speaking. He's got a certain kind of phraseology, which I really like. Yeah. He, he almost uses like colloquial expressions to speed up his speech, which yeah. sounds ridiculous. But yeah. if you read his stuff, yeah, you kind yeah. of get it. And his emails are just literally, I think they're plain text. Yeah. And they are literally about five or six or seven links with a one sentence description and is literally curating content that he thinks is a good example of something. Mm. So he'll have something like, um, 
YouTube does this again, and yeah. everyone disapproves. And you go, oh, and there's a link. Yeah. And then, and then the next one will be like a single sentence that makes you want to read it. Yeah. And basically what he's doing is showing you how good he is yeah. at his his yeah. his expertise, if yeah. you like, in, in a way, because he's creating what he thinks is good. And each link just goes off, you know, mm. to, to, to YouTube or whatever, or, or sometimes they are on his own blog, sometimes yeah. they're on other people's blogs. Um, but he's just got this wonderful, succinct way of of putting things, mm. and it's useful. And when I see his email mm. come in, I want to. I, oh, I, I must remember to read yeah. that. Yeah, and the difference there is that could have been a company, you know, yeah. which could have been his company there as well, because there will be a company behind it. But again, by being a person, there's a little bit more personality there. That could have been just the titles and thumbnails, right? Which would perhaps be the kind of conventional newsletter way of sharing yeah. that, wouldn't that? Yeah. That's not unusual. Go back to that gestalt one so i think if everyone did that then perhaps then maybe the other formats would work well but because everyone sees this kind of automatically generated rss to email newsletter mm. that goes out daily that no one even in the company even looked at it was set mm. up automated and no one even looked at it and if the person who's sending it can't be bothered to look at the email before it goes then why should you as an individual be mm. prepared to look at it to open it so yeah that's there. another kind of aside that i think is an important one as well that nothing says I don't care about you as a customer than using the no reply at domain.com, <laughs> right? So what's the point in sending an email that doesn't have a response, right? The whole purpose of an email is it's a communication between two people. Mm. Um, now, it might well be that you don't necessarily want all of your emails coming back and all of the out of the offices, but most of the ESPs, the email service providers, will set up things that kind of delete the autoresponders before they get to you. You know, there's options there that allow you to do that. Never never use a no reply you know send it to a generic email you know or have a um a reply you know that there's an option that someone can reply and you have an auto responder on that that says this email address isn't checked as frequently as it could be mm. here's better ways of getting in contact with us but just never use a no reply um i think surprise is good in email marketing as well one thing we do a lot we do a lot of kind of ps's this is a bit of a joke you know like ps and then a secret you know kind of an aside there or we'll We'll drop a link into a video that's a YouTube video that's kind of relevant to the uh, jokey thing as well. Just think about what you can do that most people will be skim reading your email, right? They'll, mm. gl- you know, they've opened it, fantastic. If they read it, well done, because most people don't. But what you do want to do is there will be a small proportion of people who will actually be properly reading, properly looking at what it is you're saying. Try and think about what things you can do to them, do for them. To give them a little bit of a surprise or joke or a snigger or a smirk. You know, that's generally a good thing to be doing in email marketing as well. Even for big corporates, big serious corporates? Well, I mean, it's all about the personality, mm. right? Um, but there's going to be things that you know about your customers, right? And, it, it's, and I admit, this is much easier to do for an agile upstart challenger brand than it is for a kind of, you know, Fortune 500, FTSE 100 company. Mm. But there's person, you know, these huge organizations these huge corporates they're you know they're they have they've done persona development they've done things where they're trying to have interesting and compelling uh, advertising campaigns you know try and bring some of that in some of that personality that you've mm. got because actually if your organization is so generic that you can't bring any personality to it whatsoever why should your customers choose you because yeah. if, if it's if if you are a commodity then all you need to worry about is price and if you're not worried about price because there's some value to what we're doing, then you need to have some personality there as well. Um, and as Andy kind of alluded to as well, um, I think if an email doesn't work in plain text, it doesn't work. 
right? You don't yeah. have to send all of your emails um, in plain text. Although, actually, I think in many cases, people should test it to see if it works better. Sometimes it will, sometimes it won't. But in many cases, it will work better. But actually, I say take all of the design away. You know, take the plain text version of your email and read it. Send it to some people in your organization. Send it to some friends and say, you know, what do you think of this email? Because if, if that doesn't work, if it doesn't work in plain text and the email doesn't communicate, it doesn't achieve what it is that you want to do. Now, there's a huge place for designing email. And actually, it's hugely important to have a design perspective, to ha- present things in a way that is compelling and interesting to your audience. But I'm interested in the text, right? Does that text do what I want it to do? And if it doesn't, then I need to rework that text. Because it doesn't matter how good my design is if the copy doesn't work. Yeah. And, you know, it's a traditional kind of breakdown in traditional advertising. You'd have your copywriters and you'd have your, you know, creative director and you kind of, have, you know, your designer, sorry, art director and your copywriter. And both of those need to both be good to have good campaigns. So if you don't have both of those things doing well, um, you're going to struggle. It's like I was saying, it's got to be a sentence that compels someone yeah. to take some sort of action, isn't it? And if you can imagine a situation where if you sent that email and it had the name of your competitor on it rather than yours and no one would blink, you know, in their mm. design um, with their, um, from their email address and no one would think that was unusual, your email isn't working, right? It needs to be a kind of, I could not, I think the best emails, I could not imagine anyone else ever having sent me that email. Mm. I think that's a good place to be starting there as well. And also more generally when you're kind of, and this I think applies to all aspects of um, digital marketing, but particularly email marketing, you need to be talking about benefits, not features, right? So talk about what your product or service allows people to do, right? What does it enable them to do that they couldn't have done previously rather than we have a bigger capacity than our competitors. And there's a great graphic um, that uh, from a good website called useronboard.com, which is all about onboarding for software services companies. Um, and they have a features versus benefits. And I don't know, this might be a reference that's a little bit lost on a few people, so I apologize if not. But a really good way to think about talking about uh, benefits rather than features is if you imagine you've got Super Mario, right? Mm. And there's the, fl- the fire flower, right? That it's one of the things you pick up and then you get a special status. Now, most people, when they're talking about features, are talking about the fire flower, right? They're talking about um, the features of what makes that fire flower what it is. Instead, what you actually need to be thinking about is when you've picked up that fire flower in Super Mario, um, you have the ability to shoot fireballs, right? And you're able to do awesome stuff that you wouldn't have been able to do had you not picked that power up. Right, and that's a kind of a good analogy, I think, for thinking about what it is you need to be doing in email, but in all, in all digital marketing. Don't talk about describing the flower. Talk about what the flower allows you to do. Features rather than benefits, or no, benefits, sorry, benefits rather, rather than features. features that's yeah. right. Yes. So yeah, I mean, that's kind of me wrapping up there, and kind of a, a sort of a general, you know, talk about email there. But I think, you know, the short version is, is that email really matters, um, but it is hard to stand out because so many people in email marketing are doing the same things. And one of the easiest ways to get noticed and to stand out is by being different to everyone else. And if you can be different, you'll get noticed. Getting noticed is the first challenge because um, if people don't notice you, they're not going to buy from you. Mm. Do you think also, I think you alluded to this loads of times in your talk as well, Kelvin, but this whole notion of kind of doing something for them like casting your loaves upon the water. I think that's important. Yeah, I mean, I think that... This whole yeah, I mindset. kind of talked about that Venn diagram, right, at the beginning. Yeah. It says what your customers want is one of those elements. And if you're mm-hmm. not doing that, then your email's not going to work. But if you're only doing... I think that there is sometimes 
amongst some of the more, you know, um, right thinking and, you know, intelligent digital marketers. They're like, do exactly what your customers want, you know, mm. um, help them. And, you know, you know, it's all about, the, you know, the conversation rather than sales and that type of thing. I think people can go too far in that direction. Whereas your email, if it doesn't do what you need it to do as a business, then it's a distraction. It's a hobby. It's a nice to have. Mm. Um, and what you need to do is that, that find that sweet spot, right? The sweet spot between doing something that really, really helps your customers, but that also helps you. I think the problem is, is that it's very, most companies, most companies, probably not the type of people who listen to the internet marketing podcast are, do, are always thinking about the what's in it for me. Mm. I think some of us who are kind of in the social media world, in the content strategy world, find it easy to go too far the other direction. So it's all about, well, what can we do for our customers to make their life easier? Um, and that's good. And better that than the other way around because you can build a rapport with people. But the mm. best is when you get the overlap between the two. Fantastic. So that's putting personality into your email marketing. So thanks for listening. If you want to find us on the web, it is sitevisibility.com slash impodcast. Um, questions, the email address is podcast at sitevisibility.com. If you want to leave a telephone message, which we can play a, a question perhaps, plus four four one two seven three two five six one five zero. And of course, as always, we love comments and ratings on iTunes. So it's goodbye from Andy White and it's goodbye from me, Calvin Newman. Until next time on Internet Marketing. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 